Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, once again, this is uh, Michael Adams, and it's old religion dystopia, knowing versus belief. And uh, well, fortunately, again, we have uh, uh, Kat Hansen, and you can find her work um, in her, on YouTube and um, her channel that she has. She's been doing, so she's actually posted episode 9 and 10 this week, or past week, I should say now. Or is it this week? Past week. I think it was this week, actually. Uh, <laughs> Kat is K H A T and then Hanson, or Hanson, which would be H A N S E N. So check it out. It's an interesting uh, uh, new episodes, one on shapeshifters, with, uh, and. Um, and then another one on, I'm going to get the name wrong here, Portals and Realmers, which is, yeah. I like that because I'm, I'm someone who strongly, I, I'm a, uh, uh, there seems to be lots of evidence for realms, and not too much evidence for all the fake cosmology coming out of, um, well, Rome and, Etc. But we can go down that road if you want to or not. But <laughs> but anyways, thank you for joining <laughs> us, Cat. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, we we had a, a, a little bit of uh, you know complaining a little bit about the before we were recording about the Bigfoot world, and I yeah, will leave it at that. Huh? Let's move on to some meat and potatoes here. Um, I know we were talked about we were going to talk about <clears throat> we mentioned last when we ended our last recording and interview last week about Sasquatch's eyes. And, but then you put these two new posts up and it's like, Oh my gosh, now where do we go from here? Just so much information. So, um, where do we go from here? Well, I'll tell you what, let me offer it up to you, Kat. Where would you like us to start out? What's on yeah. your mind? Well, I want to talk about shapeshifters. Can we do that? You bet. You bet. We okay. What a okay. fascinating, uh, uh, by the way, video you have there. And that I don't know where you got that picture of that cow. Uh, or, <laughs> I don't know where you got that, but that's a fascinating. <laughs> well, it grabs everybody's attention. <laughs> sure, sure it does. Where, where did that come from? Is that? Uh, that's just. I think it's from a movie. But um, when I post up things, you know, you're on my Facebook page and you've seen my rant. You know, I don't even realize, like, for instance, here's a good one, okay? When I first came to the Internet in 2007, um, I brought with me 45, I think it was 4,522 pictures 
okay, to do with um, the topics that I discussed, okay, um, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Wilmers, um, shapeshifters, werewolves, vampires, uh, ghouls, I mean, all kinds of stuff that I deal with, you know, and I'm used to just dealing with. So when my mentor had me come to the internet, he said, bring them. He said, because you're going to do a lot of educating this way. And I said, okay, well, when I dumped them, you know, I had my own site. And so I just put them up and I didn't realize because I'm one of those trusting souls. Okay. People do things that never occur to me because I would never do them. So, um, people started taking my photographs off my site. And they started doing these really funky things with them. And I was like, okay, that's kind of different. But what I want to say is here it is now, 2017, you know, 10 years later. And I flip open Facebook and read my news feed. And all of a sudden, there's one of my pictures in there from, for instance, um, a dog man. Okay, someone posted that in there. And then it was with a story that came all the way from Russia. And I said, no, 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 no. The story is there, but the picture is mine, you know, and that doesn't go to that story. (laughs) So they take my pictures, and my pictures actually make it, I guess, all the way around the world before they come back to me. You know, so when I post up pictures, usually in my video, Um, I tell everybody, if you want to make sure that they're my pictures, you will see that they have my signature on them. They say, you know, it's my copyright. All my pictures are copyrighted. Okay, so they have my name on them and and the year that they were taken. So that's one way to tell. And that one on the front of that is a movie because, A, I do have pictures of a shapeshifter. I actually have two. But, um... Neither of them was available when I made the video for me to talk to them um, to see if it was all right to post them because that's it's pretty um, intense for them to have to experience, you know, their information being put on the net. So I was like, can I do this? And I couldn't reach them. So I used a video still from a movie that is public domain, you know, and so I put it up. So I don't know where that picture comes from, but I thought it was a really good one because it sort of um, intimates what goes on when a shapeshifter shifts. You know, and a lot of people say, oh, that's um, something that happens in their mind, you know. I'm here to tell you as um, a shaman, and I'm here to tell you as a medicine woman, and I'm here to tell you as a first-hand witness, that's not true. (laughs) It's not true. It's not all mental. It's not. Because if you were to talk to... um, African tribes, you know, um, South American tribes, people in Germany, um, any of the further um, Antarctica, things like that, not Antarctica, excuse me, Siberia, you would um, realize that when they talk to you about shapeshifters, you know, these are very common and prevalent in their society. And it's not, it's not mental. It is physical. You know, um, you just have to be dealing with the person that can physically do it and not every single one of us can do it. You know, that's what makes them so unique. Um, Yeah. So that was why I used that picture because it was a pretty good picture. Well, it's pretty, it is, it's a very shocking picture. That is for sure. I just wondered if this was, 
it was too, well. Let's put it this way: uh, too staged for it to be natural. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and, and you know, yeah. If yeah. it was natural, it, there'd be a lot of blur probably with it. And, you know, you know, as they're going, there's from, the, there's blur and there's blood and sweat yeah, coming yeah. off of a person when it happens. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, very again. much so. So I just wonder. So, all right. Well, yeah. well, tell tell us more about shape shifters. I mean, that's something that um, you know. It's interesting too. You know, supposedly, and I don't know for sure, a hundred percent. But because I haven't done my homework on it, but my big brother says that on, on my father's side um, that we have a, a shaman, Cherokee shaman that was as an ancestor. So I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. I have no idea. But he he's insisted that that is the case. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that means anything. If that's of that, that, if that whatever carries on, well, that's something for another, maybe later on we'll talk about and see if there's any generational thing about it. But uh, tell us about uh, shapeshifters and what's going on. Well, shapeshifters, okay. First of all, they're not, just because you're um, a shaman or a medicine man or a medicine woman does not necessarily mean that you're a shapeshifter. It is something that is genetic that you are able to do. And I, I like to use this as a for instance when I'm talking to um, classes about it. Um, there are people and accounts of rainmakers going clear back, you know, into the Bible, okay? People who can actually make rain, okay? And it's been documented for thousands of years, you know, the, the rainmakers and things that go on. Well, their lineage carries down on my mother's side, okay? So my, one of my sons, my youngest son, um, is actually has the ability to make, to continue that out. He has a gift. So he is able to do rainmaking. Okay. He can do rainmaking. He can do, make water, do all sorts of weird stuff. I have, um, a picture of one of them, you know, um, where I'm talking to, um, an elemental, and he is a little water man. He's made out of water. And he came because my son was there. I was at first in the form of um, a small puddle and talking to him, you know, and, and visiting with him. He slowly took on the form of a human, you know, and it's a very small human. You know, I've had him for years. I always post him up and people get the biggest kick out of him. You know, um, it's like that. You have to have the gift in your lineage to be able to shapeshift, okay? Um, the shapeshifters that I know wish to God they didn't have the gifts that they have. You know, it's very disconcerting to, to them as well as the people around them. And um, to be honest with you, that's how I met, the first one, that's how I met him. Um, he was a teenager. He was 12 years old. And his mother and father finally contacted me and they said, we need you here now, you know. So I had to go to the reservation and speak with him. And he was terrified because he would shift. He would jerk awake and had no control over it, you know, because he was just learning. And he would shift and go running through the night all over the res and then wake up in the middle of some field somewhere or on the outskirts, wherever, you know. And then he would 
nobody knew where he was at. He didn't know where he was at, and he would have to walk home, you know, and he was terrified of this. So he was constantly getting lost. And um, he's a grown man now, you know, but when it first started for him, it was very disconcerting. And come to find out, his grandmother and her father were both shapeshifters. So you see it's lineage. It goes clear back. And these guys learn eventually how to control it. Um, it, it takes another person, at least that's what I've had to do now with, two, with the two that I know. Um, it takes having to learn to control your emotions. You know, um, it's not about being um, fearful or terrified or or aggressive when it happens. You know, it's not like something in the movie where it just happens. You know, it takes a little bit of, of time for it to occur. Um, and when it's occurring, it is, it's painful. You know, it's not just, oh, here, let me shift into this body. It's very painful. You know, so it's not something that they want to do. At least the two that they don't want to be running around that I know of. They, they try very hard to master it and control it to the point where they don't have to until it really is needed. So, that's so what I know about most, that. Most of the time, are they, what, uh, uh, like werewolf? Or, or, or does, it, does it matter? Uh, is there any particular type of uh, entity or, or creature that they primarily shift into? I mean, what is... Yes. Yes, they are. There are the two that I know. Um, one is a totem wolf. He has a wolf totem, which is what he shifts into. And the other one is... Um, a big golden eagle, but it looks, he turns into quite a bigger eagle, but the golden eagle is his totem, and that's what he turns into. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, they're, yeah, they're, they're large size, you know, I mean, they're, they're man size, they're not, um, you know, they're not something that, they're not going to take on the form of a ladybug or something like that, that's not, no, that can't happen because it's physical mass. You know, but they when they do shift um, the one into the wolf, you know, like I said, he's grown now, so it's a pretty good sized wolf. You know, it's big wolf. Um, they're they're pretty big. <laughs> That's all I did say. Uh, seven foot, eight foot wingspan on the evil one. So yeah, they're pretty good size. Huh. So um, and the eagle too. Oh, I wonder if the. Do they transfer completely all the way, or do they sometimes not? Um, yeah, I know. I understand what you're trying to say. Are they still um, distinguishable as a human? Um, no, no, not at all, okay. not at all. The one that I do have, which I can send it to you, you know, because I know um, just to satisfy your curiosity, um, I have the one when I was teaching and he was learning and things and. Um, he's a man-sized wolf. But it, the picture that I have of him, you know, I had to document for myself because I, you know, I told you before, I've got 150 books in my house that I've written for my kids so that when I'm dead and gone, I told them you can take them and publish them and document everything then, you know, because um, who cares? You know, your mom's not there to be used as a weapon against you. I'm dead and gone, so go ahead and <laughs> do it. You know what I mean? So, but in documenting him, he is um, in one of the pictures that I'm trying to think of. I took 
three or four. I didn't, I don't subject my clients to, you know, massive, you know, let me, let me experiment on you here and, and, you know, exposure like that. Um, I do it for my own, my own research, you know, to document what I'm dealing with so that I can take measurements and everything else. Anyway, he at the time is um, a five foot tall wolf. He's five foot tall in the picture. So he's standing on his hind legs with his hands paws against the tree, you know, looking through the tree at me. He wasn't too happy because he had shifted. And um, that was one of the times when he was learning how to control it on his own. And I'm one of those teachers where I step back and say, you know what, you can do this on your own. I'm just here to, to catch you if you fall, you know, and he wasn't too happy with me in the picture and he's snarling at me, you know, because he was upset. Yeah, he wasn't too happy, but at the same time, you know, he had managed to do it and and contain it, re- retain it. Let me say this correctly, retain it. He was um, retaining the, sh- the shape, so that was what I was trying to get him to do, you know, and not lose it. I need him to be conscious of what he's doing. Now, do you do you feel like because you said like it's generational? Is it is it a curse of sorts or is it a blessing? And if it is a blessing. Uh, well, okay. Let's let's first answer that that question. Do you feel is it a curse or is it a blessing? I I never look at gifts like that as if they're curses. No, because okay. if I did, I would have to look at mine as a curse. No. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair enough. No. So, well, it, you just you just by calling it a gift, pretty much says it's not a, gift, a curse. <laughs> that's right. A, that's a well, a lot of well, so, people. Okay. So you know, if, it's, it's, yeah. if it's if it's a gift, then uh. Uh, and what are the benefits that these folks that, that have this? And I'm just being honest. I'm just asking questions, and I'm not judging or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just asking questions because, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm 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 not one of them, and I don't know what they're going through. So, um, so what what are, what are the blessings? What are, what are, what are the things, the benefits that they go through by, uh, or, you know, yeah, what are the benefits that they have by going through this? Right. Well, I look at it, and I know that most of the tribal members look at it as um, a shapeshifter has the ability to do good or evil. You know, I mean, they're given free will just like all humans. Um, we would hope, you know, try, speaking as I do as a medicine woman, we would hope that they would use their gift for benefiting the tribe, you know, the the tribe that they're living with. And usually, I mean, they don't go out and live in the world, usually. I've, I've never heard, I've never encountered, let me clarify that, I have never encountered one who does not live on the res, okay? okay? So we would hope that their gift that they are using to benefit us would be the fact that they are able to do, in the event of something dangerous, they would be able to do reconnaissance. They would be able to um, bring food, you know, if for his family or her family, if they had need to be, you know, they could hunt. They could do these things in animal form. And the whole point of them being able to do that, being able to walk among humans as an animal, was the fact that they can monitor what is occurring around them to the tribe, you know, to the, the society that they're in. 
And in this way, they get a true answer, you know, a true um, feel for a lay of the land, so to speak. You know, they know what's going on. They know how many people are within a certain number of mile radiuses, you know, uh, that mean harm to tribes or to their members or et cetera. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. They, like it's yeah. a form of like being a scout and somebody that can, yeah. mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah, yeah. Watch the terrain and incognito and not to be noticed for sure. Right. Um, right. And now it's, it's just left over now. You know, they're, they're, we don't have need of that per se in this society. You know, unless it were to go to pot, you know, I mean, if the world were to blow up tomorrow, well, then, hey, they'd be set for life. But it's actually <laughs> something that's been handed down, you know, so it's just made its way down generationally and it has not um, left. Well, the you, you think, well, you think about it, it's only been, well, uh, a couple generations. So it's as far as global, right. not, not needing it. So it could exactly. easily, and uh, I, who knows if that's really. Like you said, it could all change tomorrow. Now, I mean, talk about okay. Then there's going to be uh, then there's skin skinwalkers, and then there's um, shapeshifters, and I know there's a bit of confusion about that too. So, um, well, what is the difference there? Okay, that's a good question. Okay, and I do get this question a lot because I get it from believe it or not, a lot of Christians come at me and say, "Well, all of them are evil." That's not true. That is not true. Every single human being has free will, okay? We were all given free will to do what we're going to do, okay, be it right or wrong. It's our choice to make it, okay? Now, skinwalkers are something completely different. I cannot stand dealing with them. I actually have a video on, on my uh, other channel, Little Woman. I have it on there, and um, it's talking about me dealing with a skinwalker. Um, skinwalkers are the very essence of evil, dark magic, okay? These guys have made it their goal to attain the ability to be a skinwalker, okay? So to transfer that over to um, normal society, you know, um, quote-unquote, what do you call it, Gallup Poll Society, okay? These guys are your so-called Satanists. That's the easiest way to put it, okay, so that people can understand. They actually, and this is true, they actually have to gain their power by practicing the dark arts. And then once they have reached a point to where they feel that they are a master, you know, are shifting into this master skinwalker, you know, and can do all this stuff. Um, they actually have to kill and consume a member of their family. And now I've never known a shapeshifter to do that, ever. Their, their whole goal is to protect their family and their loved ones. Okay, skinwalkers are the complete opposite. Um, they do harm just to do harm. Um, malice is their big thing. Um, they just, you can, okay, here's a very good example. And I don't really talk about him very much because um, it is a very painful memory for me, but I I miss him really bad. I had a brother 
soul brother that um, I'd known for a long time. And he lived on the res. He was a security guard on the res for the casino. And he didn't even realize that he had crossed a skinwalker, you know, because his job is to take people and make sure that the casino stays safe for everybody else, you know, so he would have to escort drunk people out, you know, people that are getting belligerent, that sort of thing, you know, a security guard. And that's what he had done. Well, his health started declining. He started getting sicker and sicker. Um, And before this, he was always healthy. You know, he's my John Wayne. That's how I always used to tease him about. He reminded me of John Wayne. And um, big guy just didn't take any guff off of anybody. And finally, when he got around to it, he said, Kat, there's something wrong with me, you know, because he couldn't tell me. He didn't confess and confide in me. And I didn't have any way of knowing. And um, because I wasn't in the same state as he was. And finally, um he confessed. He said, I'm getting really sick. I, ha- I had a heart attack and I had to go to the doctor and I had a heart attack. He says, I don't understand what's going on with me. I've never had heart problems. So lo and behold, I start looking into it and speaking with other um, natives that were around him at the time. And it finally got told to me that he had actually ticked off a skinwalker. They all knew who it was. And, uh, but he didn't because he didn't, um, you know, he, he worked at the res and he, he is a white guy living at the res, you know, in his own um, quarters on the edge of the res, you know, so he didn't interact with the ceremonies and the people that much, you know, that way. So he didn't know anything about this skinwalker. And once I was told what had happened, you know, um, it was bad because it took me two years of working on him nonstop to remove what this person had done to him, you know, his evil, evil stuff. And I'm seriously here, you know, I had him praying and I mean, everything I could think of to heal this man. And I kept him alive and sustained for two years until again, here he goes falling down the path. And I said, what is going on? You know, I get you well and it comes back. Well, it turns out he still didn't know who the person was because he had never been told, you know, and I can, I can tell him a name, but he doesn't know who it is because he doesn't have a face to um, connect to the name. And apparently, speaking with um, one of my friends who lived on that reservation, that um, he had backed his truck up and cut that same skinwalker off as they, well, they thought that he had done this. She thought that he had done it. So she was right back on him again. You know, and he was telling me that he had uh, Sasquatch at his house. And I said, no, it's not. I said, tell me what it looks like. And as soon as he would tell me that it was a six foot tall Sasquatch and it had glowing red, I'm like, no, that's not, no, that's not a Sasquatch. You're, you're dealing with something else. You're dealing with Skinwalker, you know? And I mean, it took him to finally move away from the reservation. And when he got moved away from the reservation to where she couldn't come and follow him anymore only then did he start to get better and I had him better for eight months and then he passed away due to complications of his heart again so skinwalkers are the epitome of evil and these guys do shapeshift into anything and everything 
Um, they can assume the form of another human. They can assume the form of an animal. They can assume demon. They can assume anything, you know, and they're very sneaky, evil, conniving people, you know, and I always tell people, you want to know if a skinwalker is around you, um, you can watch, you know, and get in a sense of people, you know, if you're any good at it. And if you start feeling in your gut, you know, you've got a vibe coming off of somebody, get away from them. You know, a lot of people, for instance, here, I live up in Arizona, and a lot of people here that are tribal, that are native, will not give their names, their correct name, to someone they do not know, because they do not know if they are speaking to a skinwalker or not. Oh. So they always, yeah, it's kind of scary, huh? And, you know, it's it's interesting, too, is it reminds me of a, a European culture that's very prevalent in, the, in their, its culture as well. And anything the practitioners of black black magic is like, well, if you if you delve into the history and whether the past or present, the people that are actually running the show, you'll soon find out that these are. The people at the top all are practitioners of the black arts, all of them. Yeah. And, that, and um, I mean, at the very top, and so and the families, you know, the families, you know, the families that control the Pope and control the the papacy, control the the crown, and control the Washington D.C. and control, you know, that's the people I'm talking about. So the yeah. dark arts, and so it's it's always been. So I could see why. Uh, uh, the attraction that those who are power hungry would want to, to, to do that, but then again, what's the what's in what's, Native American uh, or you know, well, indigenous folks' tradition in, in North America? What what is the consequences of those who basically trade their soul for a pot of porridge? Is it the same right. as what European, basically, is there another culture that basically uh, you're damning yourself for eternity by doing that? Yeah, you are. And you also, we're not going to talk about this. I mean, we don't talk about it. It's one of those things that's known. But the fact of the matter is, um, usually skinwalkers get dead, you know, in one way or another. Somebody, something bad accident happens to them because they're dangerous, you know. Um, I have a really good story about skinwalkers, and this is just to um, let people know that they really are real, okay. I lived in Nevada for years and years and years before my attack, okay. And um, there is, in Nevada, in Las Vegas, there is a attorney, an attorney that specifically deals with um, the indigenous culture of the Navajo up there. And uh, um, anyway, he had a, a woman who came to him off the res to get a divorce. And he said, okay, no problem. You know, I think I got the sandal. She says, well, the problem is, is my husband, who I am divorcing, um, has a lot of connections to a lot of bad people in and off the res. And he said, well, what kind of people? 
and she told him that he, um, you know, had dealings with skinwalkers. He had dealings with gangsters, you know, people, you know, drug dealers, all sorts of kinds. Anyways, I guess, according to him, um, the little boy, her son, uh, was at his father's home. And while he was there, um, he witnessed a ceremony between he himself, this little boy was like four or five, um, and his father and a skinwalker, a, a magic man is what he called him, a magic man. And they did a, a ceremony where it involved burning um, a picture of the mom and some other stuff, you know, just spell stuff. And um, she, he came home to mommy's house and told his mother what had happened, you know, and he said, and the, and the magic man says, you're going to die. So she went to the attorney and told him what had happened. Now, this is true, and you can look it up. Um, in the court proceedings, he specifically went and got an injunction against that skinwalker, against that man, and told him, listen, but, you know, if anything happens to me because of the spells that you're putting on me, you will be arrested. If you do any, I mean, it's just this great big long affidavit thing. And he actually got the judge to sign off on it, telling that skinwalker that if anything happens to her, that woman or to him or to the little boy, that um, he would be held accountable and they would arrest him. You know, and this is how serious it is taken in Nevada because they do know that they are out there doing this. You know, I mean, the Moapa Paiute are out there, and you want to talk about serious, serious um, belief in skinwalkers and knowledge and what goes on. You know, they will not allow their children to even speak to strangers up there because they do not want, they don't know, you know, if you're a skinwalker or not. So they, if you're not known to the tribe, they're not going to let you take their children and talk to them. Nothing. So do I think that they're damned? Yes. Their souls are damned. They're willing to do anything they can to attain power. I think that, I think that anybody, you know, that you don't have to be native American. If you're so consumed with attaining something and it ends up consuming your whole being, then you're going to have to answer for that, you know. And I, myself, I believe that once you you answer for that, um, you get punished. You know, it's it's a form of damnation, I guess you could say. Well, let's hope there's justice, huh? <laughs> I can only <laughs> let's pray there's justice, huh? So yeah, so so there's definitely a. a uh, a big difference between uh, skinwalkers and then shapeshifters. So. Yes. Okay. Very um, much so. Now, did I take you off track too much? Do you deserve uh, anything else that you wanted to say about the shapeshifters? Cause I no, kinda... no. No, no. Okay. Um, they're just like us, you know. I mean, that's what I've had to teach the young, the young men, especially, was the fact that, you know, you're still a human being. Just because you can do this doesn't change you you know it doesn't change you unless you want it to change you you know i mean if you decide you know like superman to change and use your powers for evil well then that's on you you know i mean every human being i believe that every human being is accountable for their actions you know at some point so no i don't believe that it changes them as 
makes them any less human, you know, any more than my gifts make me any less I, I, human. I, I, I wonder if uh, the, the uh, shapeshifters had any kind of inspiration for a com- comic book superheroes. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just wonder that they, you know, plagiarized it and, and you know. I have no idea. No uh, idea. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, now, before we go to the next, uh, I want to go back to your episode eight where you're talking about um, Sasquatch eyes and, and uh, you're talking about uh, red eyes, green eyes, and brown eyes and the difference. And when you see, uh, uh, well, what the meaning behind these, uh, the coloration of eyes and what we're well, dealing with. So yeah. I guess brown being... I guess brown being what the more more uh, benevolent or peaceful, and the red right, being the more you know, area. yeah, okay, exactly, yeah. So maybe you tell folks a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Okay, no problem. Um, red eyes. Okay, you usually hear a few things. Okay, I'm going to preface this. You usually hear um, a few different things from people when they encounter um, Bigfoot or Stigma, as I prefer to call them, um, when they encounter them, um, in the reports, you'll hear people say, oh, they had glowing red eyes, you know. And really, if you are um, a researcher and you start researching the fact that they are red-eyed, you know, um, the number of cases of red-eyed Stigma um, will show you, will play itself out, I guess, I should say, in the fact that they are very aggressive, um, usually will, you know, harass and and intimidate and and try to uh, catch the humans, you know, to uh, get close enough to grab them or something like that. And we call the red-eyed ones, we call them chompwe. And chompwe is... Um, we just know that these guys, um, like I just said, are very aggressive. Uh, we know that the smell of blood will bring these guys out, period. I mean, it doesn't matter. I swear, I feel like sometimes they're part shark. You know, you can have one drop of, of blood in the water, parts per million, you know, and here comes a shark. I feel like the chompoy is the same way. You know, um, if you have a deer or, or an elk or a boar, whatever you've been hunting and you're carrying this, you know, if if there's blood involved, you know, from where you've gutted it, whatever, they're going to smell it and they're going to come. And these guys are, you know, like I said, they're very aggressive, not nice. They want to um, get, get whatever it is that's bloody and eat it and take it away, you know. So if you're in the way of them doing that, they're going to go through you to get it. So we pretty much have a rule of thumb where I grew up, and that is if you have something that you're hunting and you've hunted it and you've gutted it and you're taking it, um, A, leave the gut pile for the champoy. And if you don't, you know, or it's not around when they smell it, um, you're too far away from it, give them whatever they want. If they come, give it to them because otherwise you're going to get hurt or killed over it. And it's just not worth it to us. So the cost of human life compared to an animal that you've already taken for food, just give it to them. You know, you can always live to fight and run away, you know, and 
fight another day. So we'll let them have it. Um, the green-eyed ones, there again. I have an alpha male. His name is Kyasa. And Kyasa, it has green eyes. He has greeny-brown eyes, okay? And that, when I met him, I was scared of him for that because I did not, you know, want to be him. And I knew that I was always told that if you see one with green eyes, you stay away from it because it will eat you. And this is this is bad in that my research has played out. Um, I like to do my research so that I can always give credit to my heritage, okay? I don't like being known, my people being known as a bunch of drunks, and I don't like and being known as, as losers, you know, and, and things like that. So I try to make sure that when I'm finding things out that I can make it a positive, um, a positive uh, spin on, on my heritage and my children's heritage and other people's heritage. So when I was grew up with this about the green-eyed uh, Sayama, I wasn't sure if it was just um, knowledge or if it was just um, myth and mythos in my culture. You know, I wasn't sure about that. All I knew is that um, Kiasa had green eyes. So I knew it made him dangerous to a certain extent. You know, I had to be leery of him. Now, in researching and going back, I have discovered that there are actual accounts from the Civil War um, of a green-eyed stema that was actually there on the battlefield at night. He would come and he would pick up the dead bodies, you know, and drag them away and eat them. So I have to take that into account with what I was always taught and know firsthand that if they are green-eyed, and their eyes are doing the glow thing, um, you need to be aware of them. You know, you just stay away from them. You know, Champlain are just going to come through and take what they want. You know, and if you are there, you're going to get hurt in the process. Green-eyed ones that I know of, from the legends that I know of, and from what, um, like I just said, doing research, they're, they're flesh eaters. They're man eaters. They'll eat you. You know, they will eat you. So I tell people, stay away from them. Um, that's, I know it sounds crazy trying to keep track of all these things, and I know it sounds nuts. Now, but... when, you, when you say green and red and all that, we're talking about the literal color of their eyes. We're not talking about the shine. We're talking about the color of their eyes, right? Like, right. Like, they like, shine like, the like same people. color. Right. They so shine the same color. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. because brown-eyed ones, if you look at my pictures, um, you'll notice that the brown-eyed ones are the same, their eyes are the same color as their hair. Okay, and when they shine at night, um, they almost shine like a, I don't know, what is um, like a mud puddle. There's a good, there's a good analogy. You know how um, when you're driving at night on the pavement and you see the pavement's wet, it reflects the black from the pavement, right? Okay. okay. When you hit these guys with a light, 
their eyes are a really dark brown. You know, it's the color of their hair, almost a blacky brown color. Um, it's the same effect. You get like a, a glint of the light. It's your light bouncing back at you. You know, it's your light with kind of a muted tone to it. It's not red and it's not green. You know, I mean, everybody I'm sure has seen a deer in the headlights. You know, you catch it and it's got, you can see the color of its eyes reflecting. You know, so you know, and people um, out there who hunt or interact with um, cougars, you know, you hit them with the light, their lights, their eyes are a green yellow color. You know, these things like that, you know that these are predators. With the stama that have the brown eyes, you hit them with the light, and then it's kind of just like a glint of your light coming off of their eye. Okay. okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. I understand what you're saying. And I can, the, 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 uh, like the mud puddle or, uh, uh, the, the water puddle, um, uh, makes sense too as well. Okay, so good. Okay. Good. To me, it makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense to anybody else, but it makes sense to me. So. <laughs> okay. Well, we uh, can <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah. So so if you see green eyes, uh, well, Stay definitely see red. If you see red eyes, don't mess with them. Give them what they want and get the heck out. If you see green right. eyes, uh, just get the heck out. Um, yeah. I usually tell people that's the best way, you know, just, just, it's better to be safe than sorry, you know, and, um, another and way to tell, hmm? Well, go ahead, go ahead, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you'll, you'll hear instances, too, of the, of the weirdness, you know, that comes along with the Bigfoot beings, and you'll hear that, well, they had red, red eyes, and they glowed really red, red, and then some people say, oh, my God, it was like they were lit from inside, you know, like a jack-o'-lantern. And then there are the weirder cases, accounts of where you'll hear their eyes actually shot lasers, you know. And I know it sounds crazy, but that's what they're saying. And my opinion on that is this. It's, they're not shooting lasers. It's the fact that it's the way that their eyes are reflecting the light, you know, because they're red. They are able to... It bounces off their retina a certain way, I believe, ah, and okay. will bounce back out. So, okay, so so uh, that makes sense. I mean, I, it doesn't make sense that the laser part, but um, right, again, you know what I mean. That just it could be numerous things going on. Who knows? Sure, um, it can be a misinterpretation. Yeah. Um. Now, one of the brown eyes, now, how do we go about, these ones are the more friendlier, benevolent uh, ones that don't really, don't aren't really out to cause any harm. So how does, how, if we have the fortunate opportunity to interact with them, how do we interact with them appropriately? Well, you know what I mean? It's, right, I mean, a, right. And, a, you know. And thinking that we're uh, either uh, relatively mature children or uh, adults, you know, and you're there, I guess, doing the Jane Goodall thing, where you're um, you're sh- sh- 
showing, I guess, I imagine some respectful distance or, um, right. and then, you know, what, well, I'll just let you explain. How do you, how do you interact with them? Okay. Well, I'll just do, I'll walk through the steps that I taught my children. Okay. Because I had to teach my children to interact with them. Okay. Because they grew up with them. Okay. So Mm -hmm. basically what I taught my children is this. When you go down to interact with them, you know, if you're out in the woods and you come upon them, okay, first of all, you need to be aware that you're in their territory. It's not yours. You know, I don't care if you put a fence around it. I'm just not there. You know, the fact is that's theirs because they're always there first. You know, it's their area, period. So you go down there. You're walking along. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to notice some crunching sounds. You're going to notice some tree snapping, um, limbs snapping, just things that are going to catch you as someone is paralleling you, walking you, you know, beside you, but making noise. I always tell people when this happens, you can react two ways. Either A, you can get scared and leave, which is what they want predominantly. They want to be left alone. Or B, you can have an interaction. Um, If you choose to have the interaction, stop what you're doing. Stop walking around, okay? Because you're making them nervous by being there. So they're following you to see what you're going to do. So plop yourself down. Sit there. Make yourself yourself, okay? By that I mean... If you want to sit on the ground with your legs crossed, um, your knees drawn up, legs drawn up, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I need you to make sure that whatever you have in your hands gets set down. So that way they can see that your hands are empty. Okay? If you are lucky enough to have an interaction with them, usually it will be with them in the bush. They will throw a rock at you to get your attention and let you know, hey, I'm here. You know, um, if you're being non-invasive, you know, non-intrusive, the rock is usually going to be small and they're just going to toss it at you. Um, The best way to interact with them is to pick that rock right back up and toss it where you think it came from. Once you do that, yeah. Once you do that, (laughs) they're going to understand yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, exactly. Um, once you do that, it's going to signify to them that A, you're aware that they're there, and B, that you're not doing any form of mouse. I'm not saying pick that rock up and lob it like a softball, you know, like you're going to take somebody out on home base. I am saying just, you know, toss it back in the direction. I also tell my children it's very hard until... They know you because a lot of times they don't interact with humans, okay? And um, I did a whole thing on this on my other channel. I should transfer it over to my new one in that um, smiling. This is a big one. Smiling is not indicative of friendliness, okay? They do um, something that is called jaw popping like a bear does, you know, where it does a uh, uh, uh sound when it's getting aggressive. Okay. Um, they do this. And 
we as humans smile a lot, okay? We laugh. You know, I'm sitting here talking right now and I'm smiling. Okay, sure. people don't realize that smiling is a form of aggression. Okay, so we are showing our teeth. Okay, and they are very human-like. I tell this to all my students. Just because they look human does not mean that their emotions are human. Okay, they are very human-like. So it took me a long time as a child um, because I would laugh at them, you know. And as soon as I laughed at them, I've got five adult males standing there looking at me, and they would start growling. You know, and I had to learn to rethink that, hey, I'm showing my teeth at them, and that scares them. You know, it makes them nervous. So I had to learn to stop doing that when I'm around them. So if, for instance, you habituate and one of them comes, you are face-to-face with one, don't smile at it. You know, nervousness is a sign of, you know, people when they're nervous will smile. Don't do that. Um, I always tell people to, if they step out and actually want to interact with you, they will they will sit down. If you're sitting down, they will sit down. Okay? Um, if you stand up, you're going to interact with them standing up. Do not smile in burying your teeth. I always tell people, if you want to smile, you can close your lips and smile. You know? Um also, two, staring them down is a form of aggression. Okay, um, I know as a human society, we're always taught to look at people. You know, look, look me in the eye when you talk to me. Um, it took a, there again. It took a while for them to understand that even though I was a little tiny female, I'm going to make eye contact with you. You know, it's just the way that I was taught, and it made them nervous. To this day, I have one of them still that gets very nervous with me if I stare at him. And he knows if I'm staring at him, I'm angry. He knows. He knows that it's it's my form of aggression. It's my way of showing him, you know what? I'm really ticked off at you because you did this. You know? And as soon as I do that, then it's on between him and I. So it's, it's um, the society way that they are arranged is a little bit different than ours, you know, the hierarchy. Interesting. If they leave you gifts, um, I tell people, if you want to go out there and leave them gifts, you know, um, and you know they're out there, the best thing that you can leave them right off the bat is something white. I've told that to every single person for years and years and years. I don't care if it's a torn up pillowcase, if it's a feather, if it's a rock, if it's a bone, if it's a shell, a piece of ribbon, a piece of glass. I don't care. If you leave them something white, it shows them that you are friendly, you know, and that's, they will usually give you something in return. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm trying to think here. My kids always took stuff with them as gifts when they were out. You know, they would sit down and they would say, oh, I brought this to you. And it would be, you know, anything. It could be something that they like to eat, um, toys. Anything like that, uh, chalk. Chalk is a big one. Um, people don't understand when I say chalk. They're always like, sidewalk chalk? I'm like, no. Just plain old Elmer's 
uh, white drawing board chalk. Take that with you. If you know they're out there and you want to have interaction with you guys, take them things. Chalk seems like a very strange thing until you realize these guys live in the forest. They eat minerals. They need things, dietary things. So, um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice here. Um, they will. You need to have a drink or something? You need. To... Yeah, I need to give a drink. I think I do. <laughs> okay. So they um they will eat the chalk. You know, you can take that and give that to them, and it's an inexpensive gift. You know, it's like a dollar what a dollar ninety nine a pack. Okay, give them chalk. They will eat it. They will appreciate it. They will love you for it. You know, don't expect them to draw you things, you know. Um, I had one lady who was taking them toilet paper, <laughs> which was yeah. so funny to me because she was giving them toilet paper and they would play with it and her whole forest was strung with uh, toilet paper. But then she started telling me, she said, I would find the toilet paper roll, you know, the cardboard center of the roll, they would be chewed up and spat out. And I said, yeah, that's about normal. <laughs> because they don't know what it is. But they did like the white paper. Um, Just little things like that that they will do. You know, you can go, it goes a long way in handing them certain things. You know, it shows them that you're being friendly. And at the same time, it shows them that you're making an effort to get to know them. So I hope that helps. Um, Don't run. Don't run. Don't run. run. I want to tell people that forever and ever and ever. My worst story is um, one of the the males in my group, his name is Scunny. He does not like me, has not liked me since I was four years old, coming to meet him. Hates my guts. Doesn't want human beings involved with him at all. And... um, when I was a young young teenager, I was about 11, he took off, I took off running because I knew I was in trouble and I knew I was going to get charged and I was going to get knocked on my butt. So I took off running. And when I took off running, he started out pacing me, you know, because they, they can outrun you so fast, it's not even funny. So in chasing me, it makes me feel more like a rabbit. You know, now I'm scared because this thing is chasing me. So I'm running. And he's running, and the faster I pick up pace, the faster he picks up pace. All of a sudden, I don't hear him running beside me. So I start to slow down, and I think I'm okay until I hear this huge crack. And I look back, and I realize he's gone up into the trees. He's chasing me through the trees. Uh-huh. Okay? So I'm, now I'm really in trouble. And it, it did end up with me being in trouble. It ended up with me being knocked off of a, it's not a very high cliff, you know, it's a dirt cliff, it's a 10 foot tall cliff, but I got thrown off of it. (laughs) He took to the tree and walked down in front of me, you know, and ended up tossing me over that to make his point clear, you know, that I had kicked him off and that just because I'm a little human doesn't mean that I have the right to do that. So there's, yeah, there's, their hierarchy is a little bit different, you know, um, People contact me all the time and say, well, I was bluff charged. I'm like, how, how many times? You know, because usually a bluff charge is going to be about four times, and usually the fifth or sixth time, it's, one of them is going to be real. You know, I know for a fact it's going to be real because it's happened to myself so many times that um, 
I've lost track count. You know, my kids, my boys are the same way. It's happened to them a couple different times, you know. And I've told them growing up, I said, you know what? You're on what number are you on? <laughs> you know, three or four, yep, next one's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when they do finally charge you, this, what are they, just the normal thing? They just kind of swat you? What do they do? Push you? Yeah. Push, slam, um, swat. People don't realize, you know, there are people out there, you hear these horror stories supposedly of people getting um, arms ripped off by Bigfoot. You know, my arm got ripped off by Bigfoot because I am tried to rescue my dog, you know, things like this. I tell people that's not true. It's not true. Those stories that you're hearing right there are not true. That is not to say that every now and then the occasional story of hearing about a human being out in the wilderness that they found up in a tree and with Bigfoot footprints all around it and things, you know, dead body, blah, blah, blah. That can be very true. You know, that, that is, that can be true. But for the most part, they charge, like I said, um, that they are bigger than we are. So I have noticed personally with them that a push or a shove or a smack, um, from them breaks bones and I've had many broken many 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 bones but they don't mean to do that because they're not taking into account when it happens that their their um, size and their musculature and you know I mean I've got a whole paper that I wrote on, on their bone anatomy and musculature structure is so much different than ours that they don't realize in the heat of the moment that they are hurting me or my sons or whoever, you know, they slap or push or charge. Um, That said, they can be very gentle. And that's one of my best memories um, is right. um, My, my uh, aunt had passed away. And as a child, I was, sitting um, under my willow tree that was in my front yard there. And um, I was very upset, you know, because she passed away. She's my favorite aunt. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling too hot about it. And I was sitting there just crying and had my dolls around me. And I do remember that Kiasa came and I remember seeing this huge, dirty, grungy hand appear underneath the edge because the tree come down, you know, the willow leaves come all the way down to the bottom of the tree. And I was sitting there and I had my back to him. And I remember this hand came beside me and it had one of those little teeny tiny brown wild bunnies in it, you know, and it was absolutely scared to death. You know, they're wild, you know, if you're not careful, they'll, they'll pass away from shock. And I remember that hand holding that little tiny bunny and he had caught it. He didn't kill it. He didn't hurt it. You know, he didn't do anything. He just brought it to me right, in a way as a gesture to try to make me feel better. You know, so they can be very gentle. They're very, um, they're very knowledgeable. Like I said, um, the females that they have in this group with them are not left to wander on their own. You know, people want to, to have an issue with me on that matter. And this is what I've got to say on it. If they are part of a clan, females are not allowed to roam free, period. 
if they are single females, you know, and have left a clan and, and have not attained their own clan, for whatever reason, they are on their own, then they are on their own. They do not have a male that is there to take guardianship over them. So females are not allowed to wander, you know, around and do whatever they want. Now, I have posted up um, in my pictures on my Facebook page, um, they are very gentle. The females are very gentle when they're doing um, amongst themselves and sitting with the clan and everything. Um, They braid. I have braids in one of my pictures, as you can see. They have braided my hair the whole way down. It is. And I have long hair, and so it's braided, and I mean, it's just, and that's another way that I always tell whether or not people are having actual interactions, because um, if you interact with these beings, you know how they braid. You know, it's not like an Indian braid at all. You know, it's not like, um, you know, three strands of hair braided. It's just not. And I'm not going to lie, it takes a lot to get it out of my hair because it's almost like um, knots and tangles in a, in a system, you know, to do your hair. And I, when I have my hair braided by them, it take, I can leave it in there for a month and a half and it, before I ever have to get it loose enough to, to take out. So, huh. yeah. Okay. Is it the one that kind of looked looked like dreadlocks or something? Kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. It's, I posted that. Um, I'm not sure. I, it says right on it, Sasquatch braiding. It says right on it. You know, and it's really funny because um, when they do it to my hair, I can either take it out myself. But now as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, good grief! I don't want to take this out. I'm going to the salon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into town and I'm going to salon. <laughs> so that's, it's just hard. It's hard to get it undone. You know, um, you hear about people who say they have horses and they braid their horses' tails or their manes, you know, and uh-huh. I say, um, send me a picture of that because as soon as I get the picture, I can tell you whether it's man-made or um, Sasquatch-made, you know. Interesting. So, yeah. I know, I can't find that. You said it's in your Facebook page? Yeah, I'll have to dig it out for you. Um, Somebody had it. They were, I'm not sure who had it. There's a one it's got of, long uh, gold hair. It says, Kat, Kat Hansen's photos and mobile upload. Amazing relationship. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'll have to pull it out. Yeah, it might be. Um, maybe, well, maybe it's the same I, one. Maybe, maybe it's the same one. It's just, uh, it's just got braids. It's from the back. Whose, whose hair is this? <laughs> oh, this that's my hair. Probably mine. Yeah, yep, that's it. Okay. That's after they braided your hair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. And as you can see, it's very thick and they've had a heyday with it. You know, I mean, it's the best. People actually will stop me on the street when they see that hair and they'll say, that is really cool. <laughs> you know, How did you get your hair like that? And I'm very yeah. honest with them. I look them straight in the face and I say, I had 
know, two or three females have clutched through my hair. And <laughs> what did I get? <laughs> like, okay, uh, let me let me hand you a five dollar bill, lady, and you go wandering off now. <laughs> well, uh, is it okay if I use this one for the cover or for this episode or the show that we just did? Most definitely. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I think it's probably a good time to end the recording because we're getting close to uh, an hour and 20 minutes. I've discovered okay, one dope. thing. I, I can't do slideshows over an hour. If it's over an hour, I just don't have enough juice in my computer to uh, do um, a, a, like what I wanted to do. Like I sure. started with MKs and like at like an hour and seven minutes, it's like it just just uh <laughs> it all it, it just uh collapsed on me and um uh, and then the the timing and everything fell off so i noticed for slideshows like i just did one on uh i did another one one of my songs and uh, and memory of the folks there down in texas um guide me by the hand is what it is in memory yeah, of the victims yeah. of the hurricane so i was able to do that cuz that was only 7 minutes so I was able to, you know, kind of make it work. But uh, once you get it in these interviews that I'm having, it's generally, it's, it's always going to be. And I don't like right. forcing it and saying, you know, it's got to be over in 45 minutes or an hour because it just doesn't, things just start. I mean, we didn't get to, uh, you know, your last episode. So, I mean, episode 10, we didn't get any, as usual, when I, I never get, <laughs> I, I'm not blaming you, I'm blaming me, I'm just how it is, you know, I just love, I love things to happen, because, well, because I know things, well, look at all the uh, wonderful stuff we just talked about, so, um, yeah. and, and never would have uh, talked about, and never would have been mentioned, um, yeah. and without it, so, hopefully, um, who knows, uh, I don't know what you're doing next week. Maybe we could do another episode and tie it all up for a while. And then, um, sure. Give me, you know, just let me have a date and a time, and, and um, I'll, I can play a yay or nay on it. Um, yeah, well, we could do it next Tuesday, same time. Hold on. Hold my calendar here. Hold on. Let me look here. Okay. I love doing this on the phone. That's <laughs> okay. It's all okay. Oh, if people like people are are enjoying our, our their interview, so I mean, so far. Yeah, we uh, can do it. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah same time Tuesday. So yeah, cool. All right. So yeah. uh, once again, folks, this is Kat uh, Hanson. You can find her work. Um, at, uh, on her YouTube channel, and of course uh, I will have it in the information box. And I strongly suggest that you look at her, her stuff. It's great. It's very informative. Well, you know, when I first heard your stuff, I, I have to be honest, I was a little, um, uh, I guess the word would be weirded out, only because I wasn't <laughs> used to it. But then, you know, as, as time went on, I just like, you know, okay, the problem here is not Cat. There's problem here is Michael. Michael is being exposed to something that he's never really been exposed to before. And in my journey to discover the truth about a lot of things, 
Uh, and I've discovered that just about everything that I ever, ever was told of, and, and if not everything, from the mainstream media, from public school system, from university and college, just about all of it was based on um, fallacious arguments, half-truths, flat-out lies. So yep. to me, you know, uh, I... T- I'm now willing, I guess I'm out, my mind and my spirit is willing to entertain this. And since I've been willing to entertain the, rea- the reality of uh, cryptids and, their, and uh, or that there's, there's other sentient beings out there that, they're not, you, that the average person has not been exposed to, and that, you know, if, That even my ancestors were exposed to, they knew about them, and it, they lived with them, and it wasn't a big deal. And right. um, you know what I mean? I mean that there's right. areas we we talked about reasons to fear, and, and ways to respect and honor it. These, uh, you know, like the stamas, how to respect them, right. who to, you know. The difference between what a shapeshifter is and what a, um, a skinwalker is, and that you know, it's just, you know, someone who is a shapeshifter doesn't mean that they're uh, uh, they, a bad person at all in any way, shape, or form. So they could be the actually the nicest person on the planet. Whereas a skinwalker, well, it's pretty much clear that they're they they're they are very evil <laughs> and right. probably good. Idea. Not, not not be close to them at all, and right. you see reasons reasons why they protect your name, you know your name. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of things we learned today. So and um, these are things that were passed down generation after generation for hundreds of years, and uh, was not a big deal. But you know we we've been disconnected from reality to such an extent that um, that it's just uh, it's how pathetic it is is just disturbing it's very disturbing and I guess the reason I can see it is because maybe because uh, um, you know as a child you know my refuge was the outdoors like so many others and I didn't have your experience But I had my experience. I was going out of the creek and in the woods and all that, that kind of thing, and uh, catching snakes and turtles and all that. I, I never had a chance to to hang out with some stamas, but um, um, so be it. That's the way it is. Um, the fact of the matter is that you know it's it's just those alone moments with nature is what makes up. I think honestly, made made me probably more accepting to the truth than all the, the hours reading books and watching videos and everything else. So if one's honest, you know, because I wasn't connected to reality, you know, just because it's on a book and on a page or, or if it's a drawing or whatever, doesn't mean it's, uh, you're looking at the truth or reality. So, okay. That was my, that was my, <laughs> <laughs> my great message for the day. 
<laughs> thanks, thanks, Kat. And uh, we'll talk again in a week. And um, I'll post this up. And uh, everybody, check check out Kat's work and uh, subscribe and uh, encourage her to keep going. And um, yeah, t- tomorrow we'll be having uh, MK on again. So. Oh, awesome. So there I go. So, all righty. Unless you stay on, and I'm just gonna end the recording. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.